With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Coolidge, Arizona, and welcome to the broadcast this morning. We're so pleased that you have decided to do that. For the past couple of weeks, uh, we have been looking at the the scriptures concerning the statement that I made at the beginning that through the divine power the Lord's apostles speak. Now, I said that, of course, because that's what the scriptures say. We find in uh, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, basically, uh, these things. And we're going to be now looking uh, at another facet of it, if you will, uh, in episode number three. This is June the 4th, 2023. You know, the object of these lessons, dealing with the divine power given to the Lord's apostles, I believe is a very worthy study. In other words, 
Sometimes things of this sort need to be gone over and over again to find to to bring it into a place in a person's mind and heart that truly uh, any any uh, departure from this this concept as far as as the Lord's words and and the apostles speaking on, in His behalf that that cannot be violated by anyone or any group. Now I know that it has been violated. But that, but that shouldn't be the case for any person in reality. I don't want that to happen to anyone. And the way we prevent that is not railing against those that are so far afield and have made so many mistakes, but simply looking at the truth of Scripture. That's how we remember, that's how we deal with, with error. Error is conquered completely by truth as far as is the, the truth getting out to the people that are living in a world of error. When truth comes in and touches you, then you will be blessed indeed. Now, the idea of the divine, the divine power that was given unto the apostles of Christ is important because the assemblies of Christ, in other words, Christians everywhere, are bound through the teachings of the apostles of Christ, both by their words that they spoke to everyone that they they met in those days, and to what they wrote. The apostle Paul made this clear, and and, um, and I'm not sure which uh, letter epistle it was. Uh, but he did say this to clarify, of course, an argument of probably uh, something of the sort, well, he might have said, said that, but he hasn't written it yet, or something of that sort. It could have been the other way around. So by either their word or what they wrote in their epistles, we find that those things are binding upon the, the Christian, as far as not as far as the issue of being saved, salvation, uh, just information that we need, how to live a Christian life, and all the other things concerning the Lord, His birth, His ministry, His death, burial, and resurrection, and the nearness of His return in the days of the apostles in the first century. These are the things the apostles did. Now, how do I, how do I deal with this, or defend such a statement as this? Outside of what the apostle Peter is writing in his epistle, he's made it clear that that's what occurred. But if we go to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, verse eighteen through twenty-two. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He makes this statement concerning uh, the message of Christ and concerning the establishment of the church, if you will, from verse 18 in that second chapter. Because through him, that is Christ, we have the access 
we both in one spirit unto the Father. Then, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the, of the saints and of the household of God, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone, in whom all the building fitly framed together doth increase to a holy sanctuary in the Lord, in whom also you are builded together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. Now, this is a very powerful statement, and if we want foundational situations as far as the uh, Christianity goes, uh, how can we avoid this? Uh, this is this is how we, it comes to us, friends. You're not a Christian by any other thing other than the apostolic message that was given and taken into the world. That's how you. That's how everyone has heard of Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, the Jewish Messiah, of course, but to us. He is our Savior as we have obeyed the gospel of Christ and the terms of pardon that God has placed in the, in the realm of mankind that he may have a way to be reconciliated with him. Put aside the sin and the issues of that sort, the, the, the sin problem that we can't solve ourselves was accomplished by our Redeemer. I like the last part of verse 22, for a habitation of God in spirit. Now, that simply means that God, in in the kingdom of God, God is living with his people. The relationship is different than all of the rest of the Bible for the Christian person. From from chapters uh, 21 and 22 in Revelation we find that that's the new circumstance. That's the new circumstance after God has said, Behold, I make all things new. And yet we we want some crummy temple in the middle of a desert somewhere. Right. We're still scratching around in the physical plane with physical things, awaiting something that the Bible does not speak of in that manner. All the time indicators are in our scriptures for the the idea that this was accomplished. And now the, the, the goal, of course, is this habitation of God for his people. Now that's in Ephesians. How about, let's go to 1 Corinthians just to add a little more to this. Now, this is a passage I use quite a bit, but I don't want you to forget it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and, and there's lots of problems within that congregation. Spiritual problems, spiritual misunderstandings. Uh, 
men trying to elevate themselves over other men and things of that sort. There were disagreements, but they weren't being solved by dealing with the truth of the apostolic message. You see, that's what they had. But here, in verse uh, 14 through 16, we, we read kind of the conclusion to it. Paul says, and the, and the natural man doth not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Who is the natural man? That's the man that is not living in Christ. That is those outside of the kingdom of God. For to him they are foolishness, and he is not able to know them, because spiritually they are discerned. You see, his spirit has not been recreated, if you will. His spirit is still that of the natural man instead of the Lord himself. Verse 15, And he who is spiritual, that is, those that are uh, God's people, doth discern indeed all things, and he himself is by no one discerned. For who did know the mind of the Lord that he shall instruct him. And we, we have the mind of Christ. And there's, friends, is the, the demonstrative message of the apostle concerning who has the mind of Christ. Christians do not have the mind of Christ. We have the word of God. We have the apostolic message. We are not apostles of Christ. We have not been given the, the, uh, the full knowledge of the scriptures. And we were not uh, a part of that ministry. Of course we weren't. I, I, forget, I forget exactly which verse it is, but I do believe it's Paul talking to one of the churches about let let this be in your mind as it as it is of Christ. Right. And he's telling let this let this thinking be in your mind. And right. And that's in Philippians, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And we we is first person plural in reference to, of course, the apostles. And we, we can't escape that. What does it mean? The apostles have the mind of Christ. What does that mean? It means exactly what the Lord said. You shall be my witnesses. He told them that don't worry about what you will say before the, uh, the, the king or the ruler or the crowd. I will give you the words. Is that, the, is that what we have, friends? I know some people claim to have such a thing, but I think what they really have is a much a better memory than someone else. But this is the a genuine article. Now, how do I know that that we don't have the same mind as the apostles? Because the apostles were told to not worry about what they would say when when the when they were faced with this sort of thing. But the Apostle Peter tells the Christian people to always be prepared, always be ready to give a testimony to, to why you believe. So that is a matter of preparation. 
we don't we can't rely on a cosmic uh, statements coming from our mouth uh, or being led by the by uh, by the Lord in, in this as the apostles were for the time period. But remember, their circumstance much different. Servant is not greater than his master. That's right. Definitely. Now, um, I think the point I have made concerning the apostles. Now, I know that it doesn't solve the situation. We still live in in, in the world of Christendom that has relegated the apostles to historical figures rather than what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, the foundation of the faith. The apostles, prophets, and Jesus Christ, the Messiah, being the cornerstone. In other words, the, the one who sets the terms, sets the direction, and is the anchor, if you will. That's what we need to remember. So, when we're searching for truth concerning the church, we have the we have the plan, if you will, through the apostles, the prophets, and Jesus Christ, the words. That's why the gospels are are so important, because we hear recorded in the, in the four Gospels, the Gospel of, of Christ. Now, we have to be able to discern if Jesus is speaking to us today or was he speaking to the, the Jewish people at that time in their covenant. And there there are some problems there in our understanding. But we need to always remember the time period he was in. Most of the things he said had was pertaining to them. Some things are general enough that that uh, it would seem obvious that this is simply being godly, uh, doing the will of God, of course. That is, listen, hearing, believing in God and listening to what he said. But God said to those people and to us, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. We are to hear him. And if we want to hear Jesus, the Messiah, we will hear and do as his apostles have written. We don't have the things that they said, everything they said, of course, but we do have what was written, and that is the will of God. Now we're going to be looking at today 2 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 15, and then we're going to go to verse 16 through 21 in the second part. I don't know how far we'll get, but I want to start there just picking up uh, two of the verses that we read yesterday just so we we don't forget the, the, uh, <clears throat> the power of, the, of this message, if you will. So 3 through 15, and then we'll discuss it. As all things to us is divine power. Now we went over this last week. Don't forget that the us is in reference to the apostles here. Um, Because they are the ones 
Paul in this or uh, Peter in this case, but the apostles in general are the ones that were granted this. That's why it's first person plural. It's not singular. He didn't say me or I, you know, as all things to myself, you know. No, he says us. And it's in the Greek. There's no argument on this. There isn't any, even any argument that I've seen as far as the the first person plural. Uh, Sometimes we'll find a spot where we find a we or us, and there'll be another uh, another example, and it'll say you. It'll be second person plural. But this is not the case here or in most other places. <clears throat> All things to us, his divine power, the things pertaining unto life and piety, hath given through the acknowledgement of him who did call us through glory and worthiness. Though, or through, which to us the most great and precious promises have been given, that through these you may become partakers of a divine nature. Now you notice the difference between divine power and divine nature. It's a different word. It's not the same thing, but it's, it's pertaining to the same, to the same understanding having escaped from the corruption in the world in desires. Now let's move on. Verse 5 and following. And this same also, all diligence, having brought in besides, to parade in your faith the worthiness, and in the world uh, worthiness the knowledge, and in the knowledge the temperance, and in the temperance, the endurance. And in the endurance, the piety. And in the piety, the brotherly kindness. And in the brotherly kindness, love. Four, these things being to you and abounding do make you neither inert or unfruitful in regard to the acknowledging of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he with whom these things are not present is blind, dim-sighted, having become forgetful of the cleansing of his own sins. So here he's giving both conditions for Christians. Those that are abounding in these things and those that have basically forgot them. Verse 10, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, be diligent to make steadfast your calling and choice. For these things doing, you may never stumble. For so richly shall be superadded to you the entrance into the age during reign of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be careless always to remind you concerning these things. Though having known them and having been established in the present truth, and I think and I think right, so long as I am in this tabernacle to stir 
you up in reminding you, having known that soon in the laying aside of my tabernacle, even also as our Lord Jesus Christ did show me, and I will be diligent that also at every time you have after my outgoing power to make to yourselves the remembrance of these things. Well, the apostle is certainly laying out a wonderful pattern, if you will, for the folks that he's writing to. And as we read these things, we we are we're struck with the idea of the apostles were given the divine power so that the brethren of Christ, that is all other Christians, may become partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature, friends, is being in Christ. These are different different things. The divine power was necessary so that the other would follow. You see that? I I don't uh, I, I can't understand why. Um, well, two things. Why? How could we ignore the apostles? Or secondly, why would be upset? Why would be upset that they had more uh, abilities or spiritual gifts than than we? They needed them for the task they had. I don't know if you can imagine what it would be like to take the message of Christ to the pagan world or the unbelieving Jew. It would be far, far more difficult than it is today. Even though today the, the problem we have is indifference or just a lack of any any belief, if you will, of God in general. Um, So we have some different circumstance. In those days, the Jews believed there was a God, and the pagans believed there was a thousand gods. We believe, people today believe there's a God too, it's just themselves. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they, they, they really like their God. They love their God. That's true. We see this in their actions, of course. What they didn't have is they didn't have the written word and 2,000 years of secular history to back up every single nook and cranny of That's right. That's why we do have more light in that way. And the evidence, and not only that, it's still exactly the same as it was. As when it was written, as when it was accomplished, we have it. Well, Neil, follow Following the word means that the human hierarchy of the churches of today are over. Well, they should be. And in reality, see, they really are. They have no no real power. No. Um, it is, a, I guess, a paper tiger. It is. True. But uh, that, that doesn't keep the money from uh, flowing in. No, and it doesn't keep keep people from being oppressed by human rulers either. Yes, amen. Within the church, and and that of course is absolutely uh, you'll not, you won't find any 
power figure in the New Testament concerning the the, the uh, brethren of Christ, that is the Christians, outside of Christ Himself and the uh, and the apostles, as they dealt with the issues of the church. They were given power. They weren't given judgment or any sort of thing of that. And we have a structure within the church <clears throat> as far as the elders being responsible to the Lord for the well-being of the church. But, you know, within congregational uh, situations, the things that are decided in a judicial manner are always congregational, never one group or one person or any particular number of groups. It's always congregational. That's the way it's set up. Now, um, you won't be able to find anything wrong with that. You're going to find that any government that rep- that operates on a similar pattern as that will be doing a very, very decent job of it, typically. Now, churches don't, that we don't use the pattern that we've been given many times, and there's where we have lots of trouble. But, as as Peter said here, it wasn't that to become a Christian you were to to uh, answer the call, if you will, to actually hear the message and all. It says you may become partakers. In other words, the effort is always on the on the part of the person involved, those coming to Christ, not him coming to you those coming to Christ and then remaining in Christ, they will become partakers of that divine nature, but they must be doing, they do so willingly. It says, because he, he expresses it, capitalizes it again here, if you will, for these things existing, that is verses 5, 6, and 7, all the different uh, wonderful pattern there of, of 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 uh, a new Christian to the mature Christian, it starts with you know knowledge and, and and it ends with love. You see, it starts with believing in, in the basics, and it ends with with the idea of love is the last word because that's the achievement. Uh, these things, if they exist in the person. They will be granted that, and they will have what is given in the Scripture of the full knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have within the Scriptures. Then he goes on to say, and this is what people are always so worried about. Do I have any guarantee things will be better for me? (laughs) He says, doing these things you will never fall. That is, you will never lose your salvation. It doesn't mean you're not going to stub your toe or you're you're not going to be uh, hungry if you don't eat. It says you will never fall, gaining entrance into the everlasting kingdom, which is the kingdom of God, the kingdom promised by the prophets of old that were spoke of by the Lord himself that were reaffirmed and spoke of all the time by the apostles. That's the everlasting kingdom, the kingdom without an end. Let's reread verse 12. 
He says, Wherefore I will not be careless always to remind you concerning these things. These things, back to those things that he's just said. Though having known them and having been established in the present truth. You see, the present truth was different than the truth of the past in in some ways. Why? Because... because of the Messiah, of course, for the Jewish people. But the apostles revealed the mystery of God. And what was the mystery? That God would make the two, that is, those outside of the covenant and those in the covenant would be one in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's uh, that, that's really really incredible. Yeah, and you know, Neil, earlier Alex mentioned two thousand years of secular history, and that time has only made these words stronger. I I believe that's true and more valid because they certainly have been tested and proven true. Time and time again, um, as I said, of time supports God's truth. Right. That, that's right. And and and, and, and men try to emulate these things uh, many times. They try to try to structure their lives, even if they are not they do not know God as they should. They still try to do it because they uh, they see and they've seen in the past. There's there's witness in the past that this sort of life is the life that endures and it is a better way to live. Never falling and never never being never losing your connection with God if you are doing the things that the that the Apostle Peter has mentioned in verses five, six and seven. All of those attributes, if you will. And what I like about that list, if you will, if you want to call it a list, five, six, and seven, there. If you read different versions of the Bible, there's going to be different words given there for these things. There's going to be different words there, uh, but they'll mean they're pretty pretty close to the same. Sometimes they're not very heavy duty. Other times they're very heavy. Um, but the order of those words. Is, is the order in which a person grows in their faith and their ability uh, for Christ and the kingdom. And that's why the last issue is, is love. You notice brotherly, uh, Young's says brotherly uh, uh, kindness. Okay? Well, there is a, a word, brotherly love. There is one of the types of, of loves defined in, in the Greek. Uh, uh, Philadelphia, as it's known. And it it is a, a, a love, but it's really, really, friends, it's a kindness next to the love that is mentioned at the very end, the agape. Agape love is a different different kind of love. It's the kind of love that God wants his people to have. Well, you're going to have brotherly love if you have agape already. 
You're going to have all of these other things if you have agape love. You're going to be that kind of a strong spiritual person. Verses 5 through 6. You know, your faith. Your faith starts it. And your that makes you worthy. You're adding all of these things to your faith. You're adding this. That's what it says. Add these things to your faith. Right. So people don't like to think this is where we start as Christians. And we need to add these things because, friends, you weren't born with this. You didn't have this. Yeah, and it's this not, we find in Christ. And it's, and it's not a stopping point either. It's a continual progressive, uh, like Mary said, growth. Right, it's a growth. It's a growth that that, that takes a little time. It could take a lot of time. Um, But nonetheless, you're going the right direction. And as I said before, these attributes that a Christian adds to his faith, if you look in the world, you'll find that men want to do the things that are said here. In many different places, a lot of these social clubs and the civic clubs and things, they have uh, they have a, like a constitution or a written uh, number of things that they stand for. You'll find that a lot of these things are in there because we know as as people we know this, and we need to add to our faith and diligence all these things. And doing these things, you will never fall. That's that's what the apostle of Christ said to the Christians. Now, our task is to be the person that he has laid out here. That's our task. And Peter is saying this because he wants to stir up the people that that are receiving this letter, the saints in Christ. He wants to stir them up, putting them into remembrance of these things, all of these things. Just what Bible study will do for us today if we'll allow it. This is why we do it. And they say, why are you studying that again? Why are you, I mean, how long can you do that? Well, you keep doing it. Your lifetime is not going to be long enough to do everything you should be in the way of study. Because once you think you've you've got it, if you go over it again, you'll see that it's maybe a little deeper than, than that. You'll be able to see how um, maybe it becomes more important to you, which is, is something that I think happens. So, let's reread verse 15. And we lose some track of our thought here. Verse 15. Now Peter is saying this. This is another pledge, if you will. And I will be diligent that also at every time you have, after my outgoing or his departure from from this the, the body, power to make to yourselves the remembrance of these things. Now, what's the word power there in uh, 
in in the Greek. You're a little too far, just up. Yeah, 15, it's 15. Yeah, it's in 16. Okay. 16 and 15. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing a part of 15 not in my here. Right. Because it wasn't in. Um, in Darby? It's 16. Verse 15. It says, But I will use diligence that after my departure you should also have at all time in your power, that's bracketed, mm-hmm. to call to mind these things. So in that's, it's an inference. Yeah. Your, your ability. Mm-hmm. But how is that ability? I mean, how is it that we have that ability? You see, that's, that's the point. How is it we have the ability to remember we have it because this is written to us. We have it because the the divine power of the of the apostolic ministry has had this recorded that we have it. So we can access it. And that's how it is that it's in our remembrance. And we remember many of these things, but many times I don't know about you, but I have to be re to be uh, re-educated a little bit or, or going over things again to just remember the, the entire concept or all of the important words. Um, and we have that ability because of God's written word, the word of God. These are not Peter's words, remember. These are words given to holy men from heaven to write. So if, if you want to know why this is so important, why it doesn't work so well, it's because this didn't come from the mind of man. It came from the Lord himself and the Father in heaven. Well, we don't have time to to finish all of, uh, of this chapter, um, but... Maybe we should think about, well, I just want to read the uh, verse 16 because uh, that, that is the root of the whole thing that we're going to be dealing with next time we meet. It says, For skillfully devised fables, not having followed out, we did make known to you the power and presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. But eyewitnesses having become of his majesty. Now, friends, this is where we're going to find the the action or the world's, in, in, a, in a kind of in a general sense, the world doesn't believe that the Bible could be without error. Or many people believe that it's really not from God that it was written by pious men and it has a lot of good things in it. All of the different 
situations that people have come come up with. But the scripture speaks of itself in a different way, doesn't it? It's not skillfully devised fables or stories. They did not follow that plan. Oh, there's if you want that, there is a multitude of books out there that you can find in a skillfully devised fables on a religious nature, anything, any direction that you would like to go. It's out there. The scriptures are not part of that group because we did make known to you. See the we there? That's the apostles again. We did not make known to you the power and presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, the word power and presence there are both nouns. So most of our Bibles use the word coming there instead of uh, presence. But coming is, is, is a verb, typically. Uh, and it's this is not a verb. This is speaking of the, the power that is the, the duminous, um, the explosive power, if you will, the, the majestic power of God and the presence of of the Lord. If if you want to say the, the the scriptures, the New Testament, the apostles, they also write of the of the presence of the birth of the Messiah if you want. That was an event too. But they're speaking here also of the presence or the nearness of the return of the Lord, as as it will we'll see later on. That's what. That's why these things are so important. That's why the nowhere else will you read that you will that you can understand, and that is given in a way that this all is given into the hands of God. These things are from God to man, and especially to Christians to remind them of these things, remind them of the the magnificence of uh, God's plan of reconciliation, the magnificence of, of, of the Lord himself and the life that he lived, the magnificence of the, of the gospel and God's plan or terms of pardon, if you will. These are what Peter calls in verse 16, Majesty. And that's a big word. You're not going to be able to fix the word majesty on many things that you run into in this world. But they are the eyewitnesses of his majesty. And in 17, majestic glory. Majestic glory, oh yes. Yeah. That's so beautiful. The expression leaves us just, you know, with our head bowed, I think. This is the faith in Christ. Until we meet next week, we pray you have a wonderful week as you are busy about your task for the Lord and those things that are pleasing to Him. And we pray these things for us and you 
In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.